Ask yourself this question. Is the way I talk to myself and think about myself hurting me? And if so, does it have to be this way? Hello and welcome. This is Self-Control, How to Build a Better Life, the podcast that will inspire you to take control of your mind and your mindset to go forward and build the life that you want to live, the life that you deserve to live. Today's episode is going to be the first in a series of episodes built from my conversation with Mira Taylor. Mira Taylor, in her own words, is a professionally certified, spiritually integrated therapist. She works with couples, individuals, and businesses as a wellness consultant, as a psychologist, as a therapist to help people bring spiritual intellect back into their life. And I was really lucky to get to sit down with Mira for about an hour virtually. Uh, but rather than just run the entire interview, which I think sometimes can, you know, people can get distracted, they can tune out, they can not finish it. What I've decided to do is take the best moments from that interview and package them for you. So you're going to be able to get the most value out of that interview in the shortest amount of time. So today's episode comes from a moment in our conversation that happened early on where we were talking about this concept that she introduced me to of wellness linguistics. But simply put, it's we're talking about how we talk to ourselves, how we think about ourselves. And this really got me thinking about the topic of low self-esteem or low self-confidence because so often uh, if we do struggle with, with that, it comes from and it, it, it emanates from within, right? We believe these things about ourselves and we say these things to ourselves. I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm a screw up, I'm a burden to others, I'm always going to screw up. You know, I'm I'm a failure. I'm not worthy of success. I'm not worthy of love. I'll always be alone. And then for these reasons, we go out and live that life, a life where we believe these things about ourselves. But if the way that we talk to ourselves is is built up of different voices, different thoughts, it's time to examine where those thoughts, where those words came from, right? Simply put, we weren't born hating ourselves. We weren't born believing that we're a failure. So somewhere along the way, a voice from outside got inside and began to function as our voice. So this is a long process and it's not going to happen overnight. But my first question for Mira actually became, well, how can we become aware of the voices in our head? How can we become aware of the way we're speaking to ourselves? right? If you're not having the outcomes that you want in life, and you're speaking to yourself in a in a destructive way, in a in a in a hurtful way, in a not kind way. It might be time to put those two things together. Could it be that the way I speak to myself, the way I think about myself, is leading to my own downfall? So let's listen now to what Mira had to say about this. How can we gain awareness of the way that we are speaking to ourselves to begin to live a better life? I want you to pay close attention because again, you know, Mira's a professional. And this is typically stuff that she would be talking to her clients about. This is stuff that you would have to pay for. Uh, But here she's going to give two very solid uh, pieces of advice. You can use these right now to begin a better life today. So let's, let's hear what Mira had to say. The theme of this show is how when we take control of our thoughts or our body, that a better life, better life can start right in the, in the immediate moment. To me, awareness is kind of the first step on this journey of 
whatever you want to call it, spirituality, a better life. Just if you feel, if you don't feel well in your, in, in your body, in your mind, a journey away from that or a journey to understanding that. How can we foster awareness that like, look, I'm not using, I'm not talking to myself in the right way. I'm not thinking about things in a way that serve me. I'm mystified by this idea of awareness because I don't know where my awareness came from. But is that kind of your first step with like, let's start to become aware of the patterns and, and many of them subconscious, but how do we foster awareness? Oh. Absolutely. So awareness of, you know, things like patterns and cycles in our lives mm. are incredibly important, but just general internal mm-hmm. awareness is huge. Mm-hmm. So there's two things that I always start with people with. One is how easy is it for you to hear your own voice in your mind? Mm. And for, for you, it's probably easy, right? You work with podcasts all the time. You probably listen back to it. Yeah. Uh, for musicians, it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. For me, I had to build that, you know, it was sort mm. of that funny moment. And I'm sure Matthew McConaughey loves me for it, but you know, there was that moment where I realized, wow, it's really easy for me to like hear Matthew McConaughey in my own mind. But when I try to hear my own voice in my mind, it was difficult. So it's just kind of that thing of like, okay, what should really be the loudest voice in your own kingdom, in your own mind? Right. It should be yours. So that's a first step. Hmm. Uh, And the reason I do this with people is that, and even from the expressed awareness of my own inner journey with it, Mm It was this realization that the more I grew to know my own voice in my mind, the more I realized that some of the narratives and motifs that were in my mind that were from others also held their voice. Like the louder my voice got, the more clear my voice got, the more it became clear that like, ooh, that that weird ism that just flew through my mind is from my parent or from this teacher. Yes. Or, you know, other weird subconscious uh, orientations or constructs that basically because I built my awareness of my own voice in my mind and made it easy to have that inner auditory experience of it, hmm. which means you got to love it, you know, put it in your heart, mind. It's true. Uh, but that, you know, that's that most people don't think about that, but it's so incredibly important. Hmm. The other one is uh, the practice of every time you look in the mirror, mm-hmm. take the moment to pause and say, okay, what are the first thoughts that I think? Hmm. Why? And are they kind or unkind? Hmm. Those are probably like the two very first basic steps that I give to everyone mm-hmm. that I use for myself that just seem to be highly effective for getting people to that that place of genuine connective awareness between the inside and the outside that's so incredibly important that that again is that spiritual intellect for us how easily can you hear your own voice in your own head and when you see yourself in the mirror what are the words and the thoughts that you have there's really no better insight I can give you Uh, So I hope that you can take that with you and try that out in your own life. Ask yourself, can I hear my own voice or is it a jumble of, of other people's voices and thoughts that I didn't put there? And you know, when I'm forced to look at myself in the mirror, can I begin to have positive thoughts about myself? So it's like, these words that I use to describe myself, I'm, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm short, I'm unfuckable, I'm a screw up, I'm always gonna screw up, I'm not deserving of love. Whose voice is actually saying that, you know? Is that your voice? Or is that the voice of an abusive parent, an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, an ex-lover, a bully, some idiot on the internet? You have to honestly ask yourself, and I need to do this too when I have these thoughts, who is saying these things? Whose voice is that? And so what I love about this, and this is a theme going on in this show now, is This first step that we're talking about here, this awareness, it's not about change. It's not about having to do anything uh, too different, but it's, 
it's taking a step to just become aware, right? To ask yourself, am I being unkind to myself by using the words of others? And if so, can I listen from my own voice? Is there a voice within me that wants to love me, that wants to be kind, that wants to see me flourish, right? If you struggle with low self-esteem because of past issues, you know, trauma, something that's gone on in your life, you have body issues, you know, those things will need to resolve themselves. But second to that, or alongside that, the language that you use to describe yourself, you have to ask, well, is this helping, right? Like, I'm not happy with the outcomes, but do I have to beat myself up along the way? I have the problem and now I have the way that I'm talking to myself and now that's becoming a secondary problem. And so that led to my next question, of course, to Mira. It's like, okay, let's say we're now gaining this awareness. It's like, yes, I have low self-esteem. I think that maybe part of that is because of the way I talk to myself, right? I call myself these words and it's partly because I've been bullied or abused or, or spoken down to. I've now internalized that and I'm speaking to myself in an unkind way using the words of others. And I'm, I'm now aware of this, right? What can I do about this? And she, she gives a really neat answer here. She discusses her concept of cognitive architecture or the way our thoughts work in our mind. And she gives some kind of funny examples to sort of illustrate how the mind works. But pay attention to the second part of her answer here because she gives four questions that you can ask yourself to begin this process of rebuilding your cognitive architecture. This process of changing the way you talk to yourself and think about yourself. Again, these are questions that she asks her clients. These are things that people typically pay for and she was good enough to come here and share these with us. So give a listen to her thoughts. Now you've become aware of the way you're talking to yourself. Here's how we can begin to rebuild our thoughts and go on and live a better life. Let's listen to what Mira had to say. How do we know or do you deal with people in your in your coaching that, okay, there's they maybe are aware that they could be doing better. They could be kinder to themselves. They could be having better outcomes. What are some sort of signs and symptoms that we need to, we need to work, we need to start this journey of, of talking to ourselves the right way, using our own voice. What, what does it look like when we're not doing that? From, from the therapeutic model perspective, it basically is about building a sense of awareness that is intentional about what you are creating as mm. what I refer to uh, as your cognitive architecture. Okay. So this is a psychological concept that I built on my own, uh, the concept of cognitive architecture. Mm. But in reality, it's something that's already existed. It's just something that I've gotten more specific about. Okay. So basically, your cognitive architecture is the way that your mind or your thought patterns are built. It's the way that the train tracks are laid out. Okay. And for the average person, you know, one of the simple ways you can you can go about this is, one, you can have a little fun with it. Okay. Good. So you can build intentional uh subconscious constructs into your mind so that when you see a specific word or phrase mm -hmm. or like a building or a color you place something intentionally in your subconscious mm. with conscious intent that is what pops up for you each time mm. right so uh, a funny one for me is like anytime i have a guilty pleasure like a song or something mm -hmm. i hear the law and order gavel because i just think it's funny okay right <laughs> so well, it's, it's to give a point of having fun with it. Sure. But that basically the point of the cognitive architecture stuff is also about realizing, okay, some of the stuff that's been constructed in here mm -hmm. is not what you put there. And sort of owning what it means to deconstruct what you don't want there. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the examples for me was 
as I really went on this journey of like inner awareness, I, I would go on a walk and I would see a cardinal and I would think of like cardinals at the Vatican. Okay. And for me, it was this moment where I was like, why? I don't remember putting that there, hmm. at least not in this lifetime. So okay. now, now I see, uh, you know, like there's a, there's a symbol that is basically a symbol for wholeness. That's like, it's like a circle mm -hmm. with uh, a cross in it. Uh, that's basically like the universal symbol for wholeness. And that's now what I see or think of when I see a cardinal, basically. So these are simple things. And, you know, to the average person, this might seem like a silly thing, mm -hmm. but our mind runs with those sort of loops all day long. You know, we yes. see something and something else pops up because of a subconscious connection that we have to it. So it's really all about people being aware of those subconscious connections mm -hmm. and then saying, when did I put that there? Two, if I didn't, who did? Three, do I want it there? And, and then like four, is there something else I want there? Sure. So there's a way to have, and it's important to have fun with it. I actually think it's important to have fun with it. But, you know, so for the, uh, another example might be, you know, you know, someone who um, feels like they don't like school uh, mm -hmm. or didn't enjoy school. And so they subconsciously orient the understanding of learning as being unenjoyable. Mm. Right. But that that's not necessarily actually true. No. Um, or the association that when you think of uh, working for your income, this is one for businesses that I bring up all the time, that the average person thinks or has a subconscious understanding from a perspective of morality that you have to work incredibly hard for your money. Hmm. So not necessarily a bad thing. It's nice to be motivated, but mm -hmm. the reality is most of us want the smarter, not harder life. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily a good belief system to have. Mm -hmm. um, so th the reason I call this spiritual intellect is that it's because the majority of what's put in our subconscious is about belief system. It's basically belief as a mechanism of the mind mm -hmm. to help us shape a perspective that builds the reality that we want for ourselves. So I, I kind of like that example of, of seeing a cardinal, the bird, and then thinking of the religious figure in the Vatican also called a cardinal because it, it highlights the absurdity of some of these connections that our mind makes or the fact that our mind can just make a connection because of the similarity of a word or you know the prime example of having something in your mind that you didn't put there is having a song stuck in your head and then the thought of you know hearing the judge's gavel bang and you sort of snap out of it i think i've actually used a similar technique where if i'm having these sort of mindless run-on thoughts that are not serving me in the moment I can sort of, well, I got into slapping my own face, but maybe I, I'm better off just to, to bang the judge's gavel and say, hey, what are you thinking right now? And did you put that thought in your head? Those self-defeating thoughts become an invitation to truly to examine them, right? It's like, let's ask those four questions. Did I put that thought there? If I didn't put it there, who did? Do I want it there? And is there something else I can put there? This is a very empowering thought. It's like, yes, I'm thinking things about myself that are unkind. I'm aware of that now. But, and this is the most empowering thing I can say on this show, is that you can, over time, choose what to think. And it's an examination. And it may take going to therapy. It may take starting a journal and being very honest with yourself all the time about your thoughts. But... If I always believe that I am unworthy of love, I have to ask myself, did I think that? Do I think that? Or was that my ex-lover who on the way out the door let me know that that's what she or he thought about me, right? 
And then so it's like, well, if that thought came in from outside and it's now inside, do I want it there? <laughs> and surely there's something else I can put there. And it's, it's not as simple as saying, no, I am worthy of love and going on. But it will take time and repetition to rebuild that architecture. But awareness of the presence of that thought and the fact that it came from somewhere else and that your voice could override it over time, I think is, is just crazy empowering, right? Of course, it will take repetition, but this is a start. You, you were not born hating yourself. You were not born believing that you are unworthy of love. Sure, maybe you failed in relationships. Sure, maybe you've done things wrong. But your own voice can become one of strength, one of power, one that tells you, yes, we've done things wrong. Yes, we've made mistakes. That doesn't make us unworthy. That doesn't make us worth hating ourselves. This becomes a call to examine where these thoughts came from and the fact that we can choose what to think over time. I mean, the thoughts have built up in a negative way. It's, it's quite simple, but you can rebuild a positive mental ecosystem for yourself over time. Because I have to tell you, if you're struggling with low self-esteem, low self-confidence, and I went through this for many years, if you're repeatedly telling yourself that you are small, fat, skinny, short, unworthy, a screw-up, a failure, you can't not be that in a, in a sense, right? You, if that's what you're telling yourself, then in your own mind at least, that's what you are. And you can't not be that and still say that, right? You can't go around saying, well, no one ever wants to date me and then be successful in the dating world. It's just not it's uh, how could it be possible? You know, you can't go around saying I'm fat, I'm out of shape, and and then begin to have success with your with your physical training. I just, to me, this whole thing is a call to mindfulness and beginning to sort of you know bring your thoughts and your and your actions into unity. Why why tell yourself one thing and then do another, or why? Why do one thing and all the while telling yourself it's not going to work? You can choose what to think and it will take time. But if you're going to continue saying that you're a screw up, a failure, a burden, then you can't not be that. I really, this is, this is my own belief. We can't go running around thinking one thing and trying to be another thing, right? So I think I'll leave it there for now. To me, this, this is part of the journey towards mindfulness, examining our own thoughts and realizing Quite often we use the voice of another person to abuse ourselves, and we don't have to do that if we're willing to strengthen our own voice and start to rethink some of those beliefs. Of course it will take time, it will take repetition, but if you're telling yourself that you're a screw-up, that you're ugly, that you're unworthy, that you're a burden on other people, then that's what you are in your own mind, right? Obviously. So then how can you not have a life of poor outcomes if you're going through life believing those things? To me, a part of mindfulness is aligning our thoughts and our actions together. If you want to have a better life, if you want to have better outcomes, if you want to gain confidence, you do on some level have to begin talking about it before it's even there. And that's, that's what this is about. Become aware of how you're abusing yourself with outside thoughts seek to eliminate them and begin to privilege your own voice and talk about living the life you want to live. It starts there, it really does. So I'd like to thank uh, Mira 
for sitting down with me. I'll have all her credentials in the show notes. And we're going to do a couple more episodes uh, using her wisdom and her voice to sort of build some ideas. So look out for that. In the meantime, please remember, better is possible.